This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh, uh-uh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, no, 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 no. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Oh, God. Welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Shay, we got Justin, we got you for a three hour ride on this fabulous Friday with open phone lines for you. 312. 332 ESPN 332 3776 is our telephone number. Justin, stop the music. Stop the music because we had breaking news yesterday, Cap. We were not here for the breaking news, but we saw it on our Twitter. We saw it from the Chicago Bears Twitter feed and ChicagoBears.com. We were not sure if we'd see the head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus. We did know that the offensive and defensive coordinator is going to speak, but Eberflus spoke as well. He did. And I am more convinced after looking at Coach Eberflus on my screen, we're winning the Super Bowl with that dude. Oh. Let's go, Mike. That's what's up my sleeve. We're winning the Super Bowl. Maybe not this year, but that dude is going to be a Super Bowl winning Bears coach. That would be me. Let me make sure it's very clear. Cap, I saw him, and I wasn't sure who that was. It's like, did they hire another coordinator? Who's this young strapping lad? And I said to myself, wait a minute. He starts speaking. and Dragon Slayer. And I said, I know that voice from some. Right. I know that voice from some. That's Matt Eberflus. And I said, Hey, big boy, how's your offseason been? A little wink and a little nod. Looking good. He's got a beard. I don't know about you, but you can't spell Matt Eberflus without B-A-E in those letters. Let me tell you, he's a good-looking wow. man. Oh, man. I was like, hold on a second now. And take it from someone who goes to get his beard groomed. Also another good-looking man. Shout out to <laughs> Michaels and Skokie. Uh-huh. M-I-K-E-L-S. Okay. Awesome spot. All right. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for that. He goes somewhere and gets you groomed. He ain't doing that himself. The fade of the hair. Dude. Like, coach. Like, some people, notably Tom Waddle, they grow beards. Yes. And it's scraggly and gnarly. Sorry, Tommy. Yes. Uh, Eberflus... He let it grow in, and then he goes somewhere, and he's got a barbershop like Michael's, and they do the grooming. They trim it. They line it. Oh, man. Coach, I'm in. Super Bowl winning coach, Matt Eberflus. Hey, Matt. Hey, big head. What are you doing right now? I'm just telling you. You want to go creeping tonight? (laughs) I'm just telling you. Cap, let me tell you. I saw Eberflus, and I thought, yeah, if he keeps that look, Bears are going to the playoffs for sure. For sure. And here's why. He gets it. He understands, like Joe Madden understands, that to win a championship in this city, you must have facial hair. How do we know? Mike Ditka is the number one guy. The best mustache. Number two, Phil Jackson. Great mustache with the Chicago Bulls. Six titles in eight years. 
Doesn't get that done with, without the mustache. Joe Madden, we just talked about. Fine, had to, had to grow it in, but he had the mustache and a little bit of a beard. Ozzie Ginn, 05 White Sox World Series champion, had himself a nice little mustache as well. Always add one. And don't forget Joel Quinville, the wolf. Joel Quinville, three Stanley Cup championships. Good, strong hockey mustache. He had a very strong hockey mustache. So I think Iberflus realizes, hey, man, I got to get on board. We're on our way. I'm here for another couple of years, maybe more. But with that look, Cap, that solidifies the championship. I don't know about you. I'm in, man. Yeah. I am more confident Iberflus because he grew a beard. He looks good. <laughs> he does. He does look good. I'm in now. I'm doing a complete 180 on Matt Eberflus. Let me tell you, you know, the great things about Eberflus is he turned that defense around, and the team believes in him. Yeah. I just think that he was fantastic. To go from three wins to seven wins when he was on the way out and to keep it together, Cap, I'm telling you, that's the guy. Hmm. His new book is going to come out after the Super Bowl. I'm still here. Let's go, man. Yeah. Sidebar is the beard was the difference. No question. If he had that beard last season while things were going sour, I think we all would have spoken about it differently. How did we lose to the Bears? I think we all would have spoken. Honestly, that might have flipped some of those losses into wins. If he just had the beard on the sideline, you beat Cleveland, you beat Denver, you go to the playoffs, you beat Detroit, I'm telling you. Hoodie, the difference, too, like you mentioned, all the great mustaches in Chicago sports history. Mm. But Floos looks modern. Floos, <laughs> he's got the tight cut up top. He does. He's got his hair looking right. The beard's coming in. I'm going into my barber next week with a photo of Eberflus. Tell me that. Cut me up like this guy here. Tell me, me that beard. Cut me up. Tell me that beard is not, like, groomed. I mean. Tight. Hey, big head, you're looking good today. He was hot. I'm I mean, t- I'll say it. I mean, he, he got on that podium. That was hot. I was stunned. Cap, just be honest, okay? A little aroused. Wow. I mean, look at him. I mean, think about what he looked like in the regular season. I mean, clean shaven, you know, just getting the Bic, ra- you know, Bic razor. Ah, I lost another loss. Another- but in the offseason, though, he put time into it, Cap. He did. Now, see, when we met him, he just... I'm just a football coach, week to week, day to day, week yep. to week. You guys are funny. Yep. Uh, I listen on the way in, but I am not going to play those games with you. Yes. Coach. Coach, call the show. We will not talk one second of football with you. We just want to know about the beard, man. Here's, <laughs> here's how you know, Cap, that he's not just a football guy. Because he put time into it. You see, there's your difference right there, Cap. Right there. You can't just be a foot. If you're a football guy, then you look like you know Belichick. Didn't care what he wore. Didn't care about a haircut. You know, unshaven half the time during the because he was focused on film, trying to find out how to win a, a football game. But Eberflus, though, in the off season, a little time off, put some time into it, a little gel, a little something with the hair. I mean, because you trimmed it a certain way, the mustache growing out, you put time into it, pal. Take take it from someone with a beard. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that himself. No. No shot. No. It is not an easy thing to get the line perfect and it under the chin where it's, you know, exactly even. Yes. And then trimmed like no chance. Now, That's where you go in and you go, Andy, my guy Andy. Yeah. Andy. Let's get the beard tight, buddy. 
I'm thinking a few more wins, maybe coach of the year for Eberflus. I mean, look at where the team is going right now. You're dealing with Caleb Williams, more than likely to be the quarterback. You'll be able to have more offensive weapons, a better offensive line. The way he turned that defense around, I'm just telling you. I mean, the way he's looking right now, Cap, I mean, this is going to be a even better defense. Most Much Im- better. Would most that improved appearance in the National Football League. Oh, my God. Matt Eberflus. Most improved appearance. So, so that's a MIA. Yeah. The MIA Award. Is that what Correct. it is? Most improved appearance? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm well, telling you, that quarter zip he was wearing zipped all the way up, let too. Let me tell you. Oh. <laughs> that's a, oh. That is a far cry from the boxy polo <laughs> collared shirt he was wearing uh, back in the day. That's a man who was fitted. I mean, he, yeah. I couldn't believe my eyes. Oh, my coach, call the show, buddy. Ooh. Oh, man. The, the guys were into it, but the ladies. No question about it. And as, as, as Shay has told us, studies say individuals are more likely to uh, de- you know, have a beard, you know, like a deemed a bearded person, a trustworthy person than a clean-shaven person. You're deemed more of a beard with a beard, more trustworthy than someone clean-shaven. Take that, Mindy. <laughs> is, is that the reason why? You're more trustworthy with a beard and a mustache? <laughs> there you go. This, from the New York State Society of CPAs. Study, people trust salespeople with beards more than those with other styles. I think that's true in every walk of life. I think you see somebody with a beard, not that peach fuzz like Kaplan's got, but you see oh, somebody with a, with a beard. Jackaloon. You really, you really trust that person a little more than the average guy. Hmm. I've had this now. Got to be, got to be going on a year and a half. Yeah, it's groomed. That's yeah, right. that's right. Love it. I would grow one, but then people would throw dollars at me, thinking I need spare change. <laughs> so, so that's why I keep it trimmed. Just a mustache is fine. That's what Waddle looks like with a beard. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you seen me with a with a beard? People think, boy, he's down on his luck. I haven't seen Carm with a beard except when he gashed his face with a hockey puck. Remember when he was playing? Yeah. He came in, and I'm like, whoa, what happened? He pucked to the face, and he grew the beard Mm -hmm. to cover up the gash, the stitches. So if you have not seen this, I know you might have heard the audio here on ESPN Chicago, but the point is, though, is that you got to see it. I mean, audio is one thing because we're primarily an audio medium, but the idea that you got to be able to see this. Justin, you saw him, right? Come on now. Oh, he just looks awesome. Yeah. He looks awesome. Yeah. yeah. He looks like a championship coach to me. He does. <laughs> he does. Show me a little leg, coach. Very good. Um, by the way. Wow. By the way, did your partner, when we went through our exercise of determining what Shane Waldron was saying in his first press conference. You nailed it. I mean, we talked about it, right? We did the press conference before it aired here on ESPN 1000. Yes. With you playing the role of Shane Waldron and me playing the role of the Penn and Mike Club of the Chicago media. Mm-hmm. Pepper me with questions. You nailed it. He spoke for however long, never once mentioned Justin by name, never once mentioned Caleb Williams by name. Have you talked to Justin? We've exchanged text me- some text messages. Does not have the playbook out yet to the players. Mm-hmm. Of course, because Justin's going to be on another team. I don't want him to know our offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the most telling thing that came out of it. Makes sense, though, right? Yes. It completely makes sense. Because it, Justin said to the Brown brothers, hey, man, I would really like to be able to have the playbook um, because I like to study it through the offseason, so I'm ready for April and then, of course, the preseason. Okay, do not find it strange 
Justin, I assume, works out at the facility. Yeah. Waldron is obviously, maybe not every day because he's moving from Seattle and all that, but he's at the facility. Uh Uh-huh. They haven't met. They haven't spoken other than a text. Is that not odd? It is odd. Uh, There might be a timing situation, though, with Waldron as well. What What time does he get in? He gets in at what time? 6 a.m.? All right. What time does he leave? Was that 2, 3 o'clock? See you at 4. I'll work all night, but I won't be seeing him face-to-face. That's my point. (laughs) When when we changed management here Uh and Mike Thomas was coming in. Hi. Dude, we met with him right away. Yes. He wasn't even here yet. Yes. He came in. He was here a few days, stayed in a hotel. And we met. I had breakfast with the guy. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second now. He's your starting quarterback. They didn't make a trade last night that I know of. That's correct. You haven't bumped each into each other in the building? You haven't said, Justin, you live up in Lake Forest or wherever he lives up there. Mm-hmm. I'm staying probably at the hotel right down the street. Yep. I'll meet you at the hotel for coffee. I'll meet you in the facility. I know I can't go on the field with you. They're not allowed to do that by NFL rules. Mm -hmm. But stop by. Let's have a chat. Nothing. Yeah. So they have not seen each other face to face. But the cult members are spinning it like, oh, yeah, he talked about everything being in place, blah, 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 blah. They haven't met. That is the most ridiculous thing I've heard. Well, if you're the offensive coordinator, you think there's going to be change. What's the conversation about? What are you going to talk about? The weather? Right. Vacation spots? What are you going to talk to Justin about? Nothing. That's my point. So, Shane, hey, man, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, so that playbook, you know, can I? You upload take, that to my iPad. Can I take a peek? Yeah, you know, I got this new iPad. You know, I don't know the password yet. This whole AT&T outage thing. I can't, I can't get into it. So, you know, once it's up and running. I'll get it to you. I'll get it to you. But at this point, I'm locked out. I, I just I don't have it. Well, can you just give me your philosophy? You know, what do you like best? I kind of saw you in Seattle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, um, you know, I got to take a call. But uh, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> All right. We'll talk. Take care. We'll talk. Uh, what do you mean we'll talk? <laughs> it just, I'm going to Amsterdam. Isn't that where Justin said yeah, he's going? Yeah. I, I just want, I got a long flight. It's like uh, seven and a half, eight hours. You know what? Uh, nine hours. What, what's your email? Justinfields at bears.com. Well, okay. You know what? I'll send it. I'll, 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 I'll get it. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Take care. All right. Have a good trip. All right. Whew. <laughs> that was a close shave. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like that kind of thing, right? Right. Oh, man. Yet there's people out there going, I think he's all in on Justin from the press conference. What? No. no. Didn't get that vibe. No. Until he gets the A-OK from Ryan Poles. Everything, he's just teaching Bajent. The media, media relations it. department at the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Scott Hagel at the top of the food chain with Brandon Faber and whoever else they've got in the office. You get a four gold star award for the performance by the coordinator on the offensive side. Eric Washington didn't have to worry about anything, and he was great. You had him prepared, and he had the rope-a-dope going it's great. for the 30 minutes he was out there. It's great. And we're going to hear from Waldron coming up next. Oh, by the way, John on 294 on ESPN 1000. Hey, John. Hey, 
what's up, guys? Long time Sup. listener, first time caller. We Sup. appreciate it. all you guys do. Yes, sir. Appreciate all you guys do. Yeah, yeah. You're the man. So, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher, so I work with the young young kids all day. Man, Eberflus, I saw that picture for about five seconds. I just thought, Riz, charisma, man. <laughs> right. He's representing. He's showing out, and you know, it just shows polls. He's got the confidence in. And Eberflus, and they're bringing in a great staff, and obviously they're going to roll in a bunch of great picks. You just got to hit on more than half of them. I'm feeling great about the Bears. I'm right. feeling great about Flus. Just wanted to you know hang up and let you guys go with that. How about that? Never thought we'd get that call in 2024 that Eberflus has got the Riz. How about that? Correct. <laughs> He's got the Riz. <laughs> and amazing. for you old people out there, the Riz, that's what the cool kids say. The Riz. You're addressing the old people, you said. Correct. Looking in a mirror? 312-332. off. I know what the Riz is. I've got the Riz. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get Mindy on line one. Let's see if Cap's got the Riz. If you got the Riz, there's penicillin for that. Oh, my God. Are are you more confident in Eberflus because he grew a beard? Cap and J-Hood, weekday mornings, 7 to 10. Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. So glad to have you with us. Hope that you have a great Friday and a great weekend as we keep you company until 10 o'clock. 312-332-3776 is our telephone number. We got Shadow No Shot coming your way at 8 o'clock. Um, and by the way, you said Michigan. Maybe Michigan should care about NIL a little bit more. You just can't just open the door and say, hey, we're Michigan. Come on in. That's a troubled situation there. Yeah, that's not Arbor. good. And I'm a fan of Juwan I know him. Yeah. He's a good dude. He went to my basketball camp for a long time when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Good guy. That team's horrible. Yep. Yes, Jeez. it is. Maybe Brutal. you should worry more about coaching basketball than punching people. You could do both. Yeah. <laughs> if, as long as you win, you do both. <laughs> We've seen that before. Coach Knight, as we now look over to the latest mock draft, uh, it presents a dream scenario for the Bears. Shay, give us that uh, that mock draft. What Take is us through it. What is the latest? All right, so this is from Brad Biggs, the Tribune. He put together a mini mock to see how the first nine picks shake out and what the Bears might end up with. Hey, if you're blocked by Biggs on Twitter, are you blocked from buying the Tribune or at least that page? Is it cut out of my paper? Well, you were blocked because it's still broadsheet, not tabloid. I know that's a big deal for you. Yes. And a bad guy. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, Wow. I'm also blocked, so I guess... Well, <laughs> well there you have Gap it. and I walking hand-in-hand hand yeah. is yeah, bad I mean, guys. It's so ridiculous. Uh, all right, number one overall, obviously, Caleb Williams to the Chicago Bears. Number two, Jaden Daniels now to Washington. Marvin Harrison Jr. off the board at three to the Patriots. Malik Neighbors at four to the Cardinals. Joe Walt at five to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. All right. J.J. McCarthy, six to the Giants. Drake May really falling in this mock. Hmm. Olu Fashanu at seven to the Titans. Drake May at eight to the Falcons. And that leaves on the board for the Bears at number nine, Rome Adunze, the wide receiver out of Washington. Sign me up. I have seen a lot of people play this scenario out where the Bears walk away from the top ten with both Caleb Williams and Rome Adunze, and they have called it the dream scenario. Where the Bears get everything they want and everything they need in those first 10 picks. 
You don't have to overthink it when you know that you have needs on your football team. I don't know what the board is for Ryan Poles. I get, we will find out when the draft occurs. What I'm saying is is that you know that it would be great to have another wide receiver on the other side of DJ Moore. And if Adunze is there at nine, I would take him. I would. I know that a couple of the mock drafts, there's three of them in front of me that have Adunze in the top five. Who knows how it's going to all shake out. But if, if the wide receiver is there at nine, I'm definitely taking him. And you talk about a dream scenario. The dream scenario is, is that you want to change the quarterback, apparently, and having Caleb Williams and then having a wide receiver there at nine, and then you move on from there. There's, this is really one of these situations, Cap, when you're one and nine. There's not a lot of overthinking. This, is not, this should not be overly stressful because you control the draft at the top of it. When, you're, when you have the number one pick, you control the draft, however you want to do it. Correct. So, I mean, to me, it's, a, it's pretty obvious that you would take a quarterback at one because passing up on the draft class twice at the quarterback spot is malpractice. I keep hearing people say, they were talking about it on Sportsman like yesterday. What if Caleb says, I don't want to be a bear? Well, too bad, Caleb. We got the number one pick. We're taking you if Ryan Poles chooses to do that. Yeah, it's not a thing. It's a, it's a, it's a decent, it's a, about a C-plus talking point, but it's really not a thing. What if Caleb Williams doesn't want? What's he, what's he going to do? Kick and scream and just say, "I'm just going to sit out." Hey, may, hey, maybe he can make more money going back to USC. I, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. The dream is to be in the NFL. Correct. That that's the whole thing. So that's about a C plus talking point for me. But at nine cap, I think that the Adunze at nine works for me. Dude, if you have him to go with DJ, I don't know what they're going to do with Mooney. I'm assuming he's leaving town. But, wow, you have a chance here to have this offense humming quickly. Shay, how many, how many mock drafts have you seen where May Drake May is not in the top three? Not many. I've, I've seen very few where he's not in the top two, honestly. Right. But the more that I'm hearing out of, like, Boston radio and Patriots beat writers, it's sounding more and more likely that the Patriots would take Marvin Harrison and wait at quarterback, which is fascinating to me. But I guess when you're a team that's gotten wide receiver wrong for a decade and a half, you probably think that way. Maybe it is more important to draft the best wide receiver available than address the quarterback position. I just think when Matt Jones is your quarterback, maybe you want a quarterback. Yeah, I would say so. It just did not work with Matt Jones and Bill Belichick. Now, of course, Cappy, as you well know, when there's a coaching change or if a, an athlete goes to a different situation, different team, maybe whatever the uh, problems were, maybe it gets better with a different team in a different organization or a different coaching staff, I should say. But with Mac Jones, it just seemed like there was a piano on his back. It did. It just seemed like it was so stressful and, and also very unpatriot-like in which he was totally different than other players with the Patriots in that he kind of spoke out a little bit. You know, it, it wasn't like he was throwing Belichick under the bus, but if you remember, Mac Jones, you could see how unhappy he was with what Belichick was trying to throw out there. So maybe with a different coaching staff, maybe that changes. Still a young guy. No question. So. Yep. People talk about Justin Fields getting a raw deal here with Nagy and the coordinator changes and all that stuff. I think you could make the argument Mac Jones got a more raw deal. After a really promising rookie year, they gave him Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as his offensive guys. And that was clearly a disaster to the point he was talking about 
like you said, Hoodie, talking out against the team. And then the Bill O'Brien situation where he's doing it again this year. It just feels like they screwed him up. I just think that when you are going through the rigors of being a coach year after year, team after team, you get get fired, you might take another job. You have to realize if you were on the mountaintop with a guy, that it's not going to be the same situation. Right, it, like a perfect example is like what happened with Bill Belichick. You had the best of the best in Tom Brady, and you know that when Brady went to Tampa, that you weren't going to get the same Brady expectations as far as what you do on the field, the type of prep work, because everyone is different. It's kind of like what Sean Payton went through this past season with Russell Wilson. That he wishes that that was Drew Brees in that spot because whatever. Whatever was needed, Drew Brees said, okay, I'll execute to the best of my ability. I'm a gamer. I'll do exactly what you asked me to, Sean, to the best of my ability to the tune of a Super Bowl championship. Russell Wilson's a whole different cat. He had to try to, he had to break him down, Russell Wilson. Had to break him down to make him a whole different type of quarterback. It finally got better toward the end of the season. But the point is, though, is that this is exactly what happened. What happened is, is that it was a completely different scenario. Uh, for Russell Wilson because, hey, he wasn't used to Pete Carroll. And on the other side, here is, uh, you know, here's a coach that has been there and done that with Drew Brees, and he tried to do the same thing with Russell Wilson and it didn't work out. So all I'm saying is, is that you have to adjust to the talent that's in front of you. Simply put. Correct. You just break it. You just try to adjust. You just realize, hey, this was a great player. Well, the next guy that you work with may not be a great player that you got to try to mold and shape into something better than what he already is. I always believe that a coach can have his system, but he's also got to tweak his system to fit his personnel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I hope that Belichick wasn't looking at Mac Jones and said, hey, man, this is the way Brady did it. Like, those are two different guys. What do you do? <laughs> right, right. So 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. Don't forget, Shot or No Shot coming your way at 8 o'clock. Albert Breer will be with us as well, a, a special Friday edition of Albert Breer. At He'll be with us at 8.15. Got to go a little early. It's fine, by the way. I turned it off to tell you that he was texting me. Yeah, and then you didn't turn it back on. That's fine. $1 Bernie's Good. Book Bank. I don't have any money. Have no oh my, cash. This guy crying poor. Every day this guy's crying poor. I don't carry cash. Not a dollar. Put your credit card in the in the thing. <laughs> <laughs> put your Diners Club card in there. I've got my Wintrust Cubs debit card. You want me to put that in there? Done. It's Not for, a lot in the account. It's for the kids, Cap. For the kids. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Time for Around the NFL right here on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. And Cap, the 8 a.m. hour of Cap and J. Hood is brought to you by... The 8 a.m. hour is brought to you by the Village of Bolingbrook. Elevate your business at B, that's B-E, Bolingbrook.com. Shane Orley. All right, let's get started going around the NFL. I saw a list this morning of bold moves for every team this offseason. I picked some of the juiciest and some of the closest to home. We start with the Chicago Bears, the story at ESPN. 
The bold move this offseason for the Bears is one we're all tired of hearing about. Draft Caleb Williams and keep Justin Fields. I mean, that's, I mean, there's a section of the audience cap that feels that that's the way you should go. Mm-hmm. That keep Fields and then with Caleb Williams, that's just not going to happen that way. At least, at least from our standpoint, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen that way. No, because. Is Justin going to, and again, Justin's a really good person, but is he going to embrace his obvious successor and every time he doesn't have a good game or the Bears lose, get the kid in. He just, Justin gets a fresh start. He'll probably go somewhere and play good football. He'll be out of the circus that is Chicago. And Caleb will come in as the starter and they'll add a third name to the room. What's the one story that we talked about earlier this week regarding Justin Fields working with veteran quarterbacks so when he first got here? Josh Lucas, who was, I think, second or one of the lieutenants to Ryan Pace, mm-hmm. was on a podcast, and they asked him about that. Bill Zimmerman was interviewing him and said, what about you know having both of them? And he threw cold water on that idea, saying that when they had Dalton and Foles it was not a good situation in the room with Justin. Uh-huh. So. Just wondering. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, Shay. Three teams had the same bold outside-the-box move for the offseason. The Steelers, Falcons, and Bucks. The Bucks were a surprise. Should all trade for Justin Fields. Okay. In order, Cap, of need. The teams that need him the most. Steelers. And Bucks, and what was the other one? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the explanation... No, 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 no the Bucks, Steelers, and... Uh, Falcons. Falcons, okay. Yeah. The explanation for the Bucks on this is what's good for the Goose is good for the Gander, or rather, what's good for the Falcons is good for the Buccaneers. So basically, you trade for Justin Fields so that Atlanta can't get him? I don't understand this. You just had Baker Mayfield take you to the playoffs, win a game, throw six touchdowns, two picks in the playoffs. Don't you just sign him? I think you strike while the iron's hot. Or the Bucks think, will we get a younger asset and Justin Fields that we can be able to mold and shape in a different uniform, a different atmosphere? Maybe you think that's the best that you can get out of Baker Mayfield. You know, here's something we don't, we don't talk about enough on the show, Cap. Kind of like Theo Epstein, a lot of very smart general managers or leaders of men, when you can be able to decide that you're going to unplug from an athlete early, a year early than a year late, that's foresight, isn't it? When yes. you can, when you can look at a, a player, and usually Theo was like, if you're over 30, unless you're really special, I can't use you. I can't pick you up in free agency. We know you're on the downward side. Right. So, I, so I'd rather trade you or let you go in free agency before you get to a certain age before I get diminishing returns than to keep you on and then pay through the nose for an older asset. So I would say that if you're the Bucks. I like what Baker Mayfield has done. I'm wondering, do the Bucks look at it and say, I'll take the younger guy in fields, the younger, cheaper but asset. How, but how is that an upgrade for what they do? I'm just talking about years of the of the player. That's what I'm talking about. Is it an upgrade from Baker Mayfield? The way Mayfield is played, no. Baker's only 28. Just saying. He'll a lot be of 29 tra- in April. I'm trying the tires. Not old. I'm not calling him old. I'm just saying that if that's the Bucks, that could be a consideration. Yeah, I'm saying not what is. I'm saying that could be a consideration. 
That would surprise me greatly. I don't even think that would be a consideration. I'm just telling you, anything could happen in the NFL. I mean, he threw for 4,000 yards, 28 to 10 TD to interception, a 94.6 rating. I would be shocked if they moved on from Baker to trade for Justin. That would stun me. He had the perfect passer rating at Lambeau. First time that's ever happened, a rogue quarterback perfect passer rating there. Shea went through the numbers yesterday of what quarterbacks could earn. Sometimes that is a concern for teams. True. You want to pay Baker Mayfield $40 million now or go get fields and worry about it in two years? That's that's, that's all I'm saying. Like, it, But I think that that's something it could be a consideration. Yes. What if you could get Baker in the 30s? Can you? Why? It's what I went back to yesterday. Yeah. If you're Baker Mayfield and you're his representation, why are you taking less than Daniel well, Jones when you've done more? Okay. Just tell me who's going out and signing him. Somebody will. One of these desperate teams. Let's not forget this was a guy that was on, played for three teams last year. Of course, but he also just. Cleveland, when did they release him? Maybe they released him before the season. He played in Carolina. He played for the Rams. Ended up in Tampa. Going back to yesterday's show, yellow pad page number 75. From what what Shea was telling us yesterday, Dak Prescott could make anywhere over $60 Jared Goff, Aaron is Jared Goff, fifty-two million. Mayfield, it was seventy-five. You gave me. You say seventy-five? Well, they said that he uh, could look for the Geno Smith contract. The Buccaneers would look for the Geno three Smith for seventy-five. Yeah, three for seventy-five. Yeah. But they also said because of what happened with Daniel Jones, Baker could, will, should look for more. And Love fifty could be uh, up and over fifty million dollars per year. So what I'm saying is that it's a possibility. Now, if I'm ranking him, Cap, quickly. If I'm ranking them for Justin Fields, for me, it's Falcons 1, Steelers 2, Bucks 3. Yeah, I wouldn't even have the Bucks on the list. It would just be Falcons, Steelers for me. I just don't see a scenario where Tampa does that. Well, we, we just gave you the financial ramifications. I understand You're, win- you're, you're waiting you two still years. Have to win football games. And that, that is a clear downgrade if you go from Baker Mayfield to Justin Fields based on how they've played to this day. Oh, my. You're saying Justin's bad. I didn't say that. I just said Baker's a better player than he is to this point. Taking Baker Mayfield, Cap, that's the cowardly way out. Oh! Wow! Oh, my! All right. Boy, the bad timing of the social media, boy. Aren't we on the air? Couldn't couldn't the man see that after 10 a.m.? Boy, this Justin Field cult. (laughs) Field's cult, man. Oh, Leap. All right, well, let's move on. Let's stay close to home with the Lions. A bold move wow, for the Detroit Lions that would, I think, put the fear of God in the rest of the NFC North and maybe the entire NFC. Sign Chris Jones. Oh, my God. Oh, oh shit. I wish he was a bear. They have the money to do it. Yeah. If he, if, Listen, if Kansas City can't get a deal done with Chris Jones, the Lions have the need and the money. I don't see any reason why the Bears should allow that to happen. But if it did happen, I think it would put the fear of God in this division and, frankly, in the conference. I agree. But yeah. if, if Pauls gets Chris Jones, who? Oh, daddy, that would be amazing. It just it just shows you the commitment to winning. Yeah. You're just adding on. You feel like you got a good football team. Okay, we underachieve. How about Chris Jones in the mix? Now what? Now what? Hey Chris, Ryan Poles. Yep. How about this contract? Mm-hmm. 
You do that, I'm coming. Brother. I'll have a plane there tonight. Hey, man, it's an arms race. You, you, can't, you can't let the Lions get in there. You can't do that. You, if you're the Bears, you do it what's best for the team, but also other teams with cap space that, or that will move heaven and earth for a certain player, you step in there. You knock on the door and free agency starts. That's how you do it. You're a winning ball player. Let's go. All right, Shay, can you sneak in one more? Yeah, about the Minnesota Vikings. I've been talking about this for a little while, and now it's in this ESPN article of bold moves. Trade Justin Jefferson and reset. They cannot commit the money long-term to Justin Jefferson when they don't have an idea of who their long-term quarterback's going to be. They are That's a very short-term move that's going to hurt them in the lengthy future. They got to trade him and reset the franchise. Start over. They did it with Diggs. They did it with Randy Moss. And I think they're going to do it again with Justin Jefferson. See, I was going to ask you, okay, I'm good with that. Just tell me who the quarterback is. And that's still murky. Is yeah. it Kirk Cousins? If it's Kirk Cousins, no. Jefferson, you got to stay here now. Come on. You we can't you. afford both guys. You can't. But if you don't re-sign Kirk, you go get a young quarterback, you re-sign Justin Jefferson. Either way, with, without one or the other, it feels like a middling team. That's how impactful they are, Cap. Without Kirk Cousins or Jefferson. Agreed. It feels like you're just What sideways. number are they picking? 10 or 11? Down the line here. I feel like you're, I feel like you're a middling 11. team. 11. 11. Yeah. So maybe they move up and grab J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. Zoom in there and get him. Got a good running game? Going to need it. Shay. All right, I got one you, more. You, you, you think he's, he's going to start, don't you? No, I don't think he starts as a rookie. Yeah. But maybe they bring him in as their future guy, and then they go sign a veteran. Okay, so the Vikings in last place while the Bears soar. Maybe yeah. for a year. Hit the reset button. One of the things I'm looking at says Baker Mayfield will get three years, $82.5 million, $45 million in guarantees, 27.5 annually. Just a click more than Geno Smith. Okay. Uh, last one. I think this is a peak interest to Bears fans. Yeah. For the Cincinnati Bengals, move on from T. Higgins and draft a wide receiver round one. Fair. Instead of committing the money at the wide receiver position when you've got Jamar Chase locked up, you're going to bloat your cap sheet at wide receiver if you bring back T. Higgins. Let Higgins go. Draft a wide receiver with your first-round pick. For the Bengals, yeah. I think it's fascinating yeah. if you're a Bears fan because we all want T. Higgins to hit the open market. Yes. All of us. I'm good with that as long as the Bears get T. Higgins. If he goes someplace else, I don't care as much. I called Mrs. Higgins this weekend. Let's oh. see what I can do. What's up, baby? How you doing? It's Cat. Probably shouldn't <laughs> say it that way. <laughs> From Southwest. Yeah. Miss Higgins, how you doing? I, I remember turning around. I'm like, wow, you're in all that Bengal stuff flying to Kansas City. Yeah, my boy is going to show out on Sunday. Who's your boy? T. Higgins. What? Get him to Chicago. His daddy's from Chicago. Let's go. Get it done, Mrs. Higgins. An actual quote. His daddy's from Chicago. That's what she said. You felt like you were an episode of Good Times, didn't you? As Captain Jay Hood, right here on Chicago's Home for Sports, his daddy. Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Now time for Albert Breer. 
Monday morning quarterback and SI.com, and he's on the hotline. Yes, the Car X Tire and Auto Hot. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Good morning, Albert. How are you? Good morning, guys. And I wasn't dodging you early in the week. I was in a legitimate family ski vacation, which we are wrapping up right now. God bless you. You enjoy- did you enjoy it? Oh, I, I love skiing. I, um, you know, my phone doesn't really work up there, which is great. Um, <laughs> and uh, and no, it's it, it is um, it's something I've done since like my mother is Austrian, so it's sort of I guess you could say it's in my blood, and I've been doing it since I was. About, I mean, two years old, as young as I can remember, I was, I was up on skis, and so nothing clears my head better. Um, it's a great three days, and we're heading back now. You know, did you see Justin Fields while you were up there? I did not. I did not. But I think some other people did, right? Yeah. With uh, one of the St. Brown brothers, Adam, yeah. right? Yes. Now, you know, while you were away, that's one thing you didn't have to deal with like we've had because uh, yeah. Fields finally speaks. He speaks on the Browns Brothers podcast, and he says, you know, he's going to unfollow the Bears. Of course, that's the new thing now when you're a young person. Unfollow him. That's, that's really a shot over, across the bow when you do that. So how do you read into this? We, we all expect Fields to be traded. Is that still the, the thought? Yeah, I mean, I think the way you look at it, I mean, like, the thing about these unfollowings is, like, that's a deliberate act. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, so it's not nothing. Um, And I think we've seen over time it's almost never nothing, you know. Um, And I can understand where, like, if he was a little sick of talking about this or, you know, like wanted to just kind of shut down for – a few weeks where he would do something like that. Um, but, I mean, Justin's also smart enough to know that's going to get a reaction, you know? So, I mean, how about just not looking at Instagram at all for a couple of weeks? How would that, yes. you know? Like, um, yes. So, I, you know, I, I hesitate to say it's nothing because it's almost never nothing. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the likelihood continues to be, um, you know, in my mind at least, that he'll be traded and, um, you know, I, I think just in a very organic, natural way, the process of that has already begun with, you know, teams talking to, to, to Ryan Pohl's directors and his, and his coaches at the, at, the, um, at the Senior Bowl about Justin. And then, you know, more recently them meeting about uh, finalizing the plan at quarterback and, and what that's going to mean going forward. And remember, this coming week at the Combine, that's when, you know, the, the ball really started rolling on trading the number one overall pick last year. So I'd expect that, you know, whatever the plan is, the execution of it really kind of gets going next week. So you, from what I hear, I would be stunned if the Bears decided to keep Justin. A, yeah. would you be stunned? And B, yesterday Shane Waldron meets the media. Have you talked to Justin yet? Yeah, we exchanged a couple text messages. Hold on a second now. He lives. That's your quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying you got to have him out on the field doing down and outs, but geez, he lives in the northern suburbs. You're in the facility, and you haven't even had a cup of coffee. That tells you all you need to know. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think look, like this isn't an indictment on Justin Fields. I think that that's um, these things become like yes or no, black and white, like so often. You know what I mean? Like, and I just don't think that's what this is. I think. As much and look like if I was Justin and and you know I thought I was on the way out I'd probably be pissed too. Of course he's gonna have personal pride. He's a really accomplished athlete, you know. Um, but you know I think that, that as we've talked about over the last six months or so, um, you know the circumstance is just a really weird one where you wind up with some other team's pick, 
and that team winds up being the worst team in the league. And there's a generational quarterback coming out this year. And you have a chance to reset the rookie quarterback uh, or the rookie contract for a quarterback clock. And you, you just start to like put these pieces together and it's, it becomes less of less and less of a question of, of what they're going to do, you know? So, you know, if Justin had become, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or, or any of those guys, like then you know, we'd have we would be having a different conversation. It doesn't mean he's not a good player. It's just that he's not a great player right now, and there's a chance there to get a great player and get a great player, um, you know, at a really good rate for the next four years. And so I think yes, that's probably what they wind up doing, and and Justin winds up being collateral damage in that equation. What have you heard about Shane Waldron? Uh, you know, coming in as the OOC, I thought he was a yeah. head coaching candidate. At least was on some lists. What have you heard about him overall? Well, yeah, and he and he had been, and and I think like this is sort of how fickle these things can go, hoodie. You know, like that. Um, you know, like in a lot of cases, you know, like a guy's name gets hot, and then you know a year or two later, the guy he's working for gets fired, and which is what happened effectively in Seattle. And now all of a sudden he's got to sort of start over again. And it's not that Shane's got to start over again from ground zero, because I do think he was, you know, from a resume standpoint, maybe the most attractive um, offensive coordinator candidate out there. And it was good on the Bears to be as aggressive as they were in going and getting him. Um, But Shane's not a different coach than he was a year ago when he was lauded for um, resurrecting Geno Smith's career. Um, and it's not like the Seahawks had a bad year this year, you know? It's not like Geno had a bad year this year. Like, a lot of things that were true about Shane Waldron a year ago, they're true now. Um, he's got experience calling plays. He was Sean McVay's right-hand man. In fact, to some degree, he was sort of what Mike McDaniel was to, to Kyle Shanahan um, in Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Like, he was that version of what they have in San Francisco and L.A. Um, and, um, and, and, and he's, he's – you know, led really productive offenses and developed young talent, like guys like Kenneth Walker and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, you know, the two tackles there, Charles Cross and Abe Lucas. Like, there's a ton to like about Shane Waldron. I thought, um, you know, genuinely, like, Matt Eberflus and, and Ryan Poles did really, really well to get Shane Waldron when they did because I think if they had waited three, four, five more days in that process, I, my, my guess is that, that Shane Waldron would have would have had multiple offers he was sorting through. Albert, why are so many in the league coming out? I'm not talking about current GMs or current scouts, but so many from Robert Griffin III to Rex Ryan. They should trade the pick, get a haul, and build around Justin. Do they not watch the tape and then see some of the flaws that the Bears are seeing? I think it's like people are defensive of players who are in the league. um, And, you know, like... They're defensive of players who are in the league versus um, players who aren't yet in the league, you know. And so, you know, for a lot of those guys who've been through the wars, like a Rex Ryan or a Robert Griffin who've been in there, um, they understand how hard it is. And they're like, wait a minute, like you're, so you're going to just project a guy into that spot when you've already got a guy who's shown he can produce? Um, and they're taking the, sort of the rest of it out of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, of course I would rather have somebody with experience than somebody with no experience. Um you know, and in a baseline, I can understand, like, where if you've been through, um, you know, an NFL season, if you've been through NFL games, like, you have a respect for people who have been through that. Justin Fields has been through three years of that. Caleb Williams has been through zero games of it. You know, so I can understand having that level of respect for guys who have done it. You know, that said, um, you know, Ryan Pohl's job, 
Pat Eberflus's job is not to, is not just to respect the work of the guys who are there. It's to you know look look out for the long term you know the long term fortunes of the franchise. And um, you know again, like I think that that's where um, you know you you have to look at this like what this looks like for the next three or four years, not just what what it looks like in September. You know, Albert, I guess it's okay these days to be able to find out rumor innuendo, whether that is true or not. But some things have to be behind closed doors. This whole story with Antonio Pierce says the Raiders will be channeling their uh, inner bad boy, meaning the the Detroit Pistons when they play the Chiefs. And so Max Crosby said this on his podcast saying that... Jordan Rules, right? Wasn't that what it was? Yeah, just like like they're going to rough up... The idea is to rough up uh, Patrick Mahomes. Why yeah. is that out there in the public? If that's the game plan to try to rattle him, of course that's what you're going to try to do to try to beat Mahomes. But I just think that that's, that's interesting. I wonder what the league thinks of that. I don't know what the league thinks of it. Um, it's a rough game. I mean, look, like if we're being honest, Teddy, um, that's the way every team approaches <laughs> facing an elite quarterback. Hit him so he feels you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Hit him so he knows you're coming. Hit him so he has to think about hanging in there in the pocket for an extra second or um, waiting on someone's route, right? Like, make him think about you coming for him. And that's just the brutal reality of football. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't seven-on-seven. And so um, there is a honesty to what Antonio Pierce is doing. I also understand what you're saying, which is, like, why do they need to put that out there? And I do think with, you know, a lot of times with, like, the young new head coach who might be – um, you know, might have rose, rose quickly like Antonio Pierce did. There's that feeling of needing to assert yourself and establish yourself. And um, look, all his players are going to hear this. You know what I mean? Like his players, you know, I think the best, the guys who are best at this aren't talking to the media or to the public, but through the media and through the public to their players. Um, you know, I, I think that the intention for Antonio Pierce would be that his players hear this and his players think like he's really, 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 has deep belief in this, and he's got our back, and and, and we're going to go to war for him in the way he's telling us to. Do you? I know you wrote this last year. You were the guy that broke the story that the Bears were going to trade the number one pick. Correct. I wrote a bunch of stuff about it. Yes, and that yeah. was yeah. that was all. That anniversary has already come and gone. The fact that they have not made it clear yet. Do you expect? a deal to get done before free agency and could we even see it next week all right you want justin for whatever it is yeah i think yeah i think the bones of it could um could could be there next week the bones of a trade could be in place next week i i think that they're like i think trading the trading a pick and trading a player are different things mm-hmm. um trading a pick there's like benefit to there can be benefit to waiting you know like there can be benefit to waiting for things to crystallize. And I remember talking to Ryan Poles about this last year, and he was like, somebody was going to have to give us a premium um, for us to move off the pick that early. And the Panthers brought that premium with, um, you know, DJ Moore being part of that trade. Um, You know, I think in this case, uh, I don't think you necessarily need the premium move Justin Fields before the start of free agency. The reason why is because if you do wait, to the end of March or the beginning of April or whatever it is, well, then now, like, there are going to be far fewer teams that have quarterback openings. You know, Kirk Cousins is going to have a team. Um, Baker Mayfield is going to have a team. Jacoby Brissett's going to have a team. Teams are going to have a better idea of what is at the top of the draft. And, yes, maybe one shakes out where it's like, okay, we don't really like the draft class. 
Um, but I think chances are the number of teams that need a quarterback right now is much greater than it will be five or six weeks from now. Um, once free agency starts, once player movement starts, well, now, you know, I think the market for every player who might be on the trade block um, gets knocked down a notch. And so, you know, I think that that's why if you're the Bears, there is some urgency to get moving on this because if you're going to get the best return, the best return is probably going to be available to you right now rather than three, four, or five weeks from now. I don't. We were talking before a couple of days ago about the Steelers, right? Yeah. You say you saw yeah. a story about the Steelers saying that they believe in Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Jerry Dulac was saying that he believes they're not bringing anyone in to compete to be the starter, just another body in the room. Is that accurate? That can't be true. I mean, I know. I, I think. I think what's going to happen? Like, I think there is some belief in, in Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, but I, I, I do think that they want to push him. And they're not going to sit there on their hands and wind up where, you know, say the Patriots are now with Mac Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are some parallels to the situation. Both guys are a little physically limited, had similar reputations coming out of college, had good first years, and then, you know, not as good second years. So I, I actually think, like, somebody like Justin makes a lot of sense. It just depends on how you want to fill out the position, right? Like, do you want to bring in somebody who's going to know Arthur Smith's system and who's going to know um, – who's going to know like the ins and outs and be able to help Kenny Pickett with it? Or do you want somebody who's going to compete with him? Like, so like the, 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 the former situation would be like, you bring in Ryan Tannehill, right? Like, so you say, okay, we'll bring in Tannehill. He'll help Kenny Pickett grow and learn the system. And if Kenny doesn't turn the corner, then Ryan's our starter versus, you know, the latter scenario, which is we bring in Justin Fields and let them compete and let the best man win. And, um, you know, I think Pittsburgh would make a ton of sense for Justin Fields for two reasons. Number one, Arthur Smith has great experience creating different offenses for different quarterbacks, right? Like, so he can really fit his offense to whoever is playing quarterback for him. Um, it's a real strength of his. And so I think that for that reason, it'd be a good fit for Justin. And then number two, um, Mike Tomlin's connections to the Ohio State program are really, really strong. You know, two guys like, you know, Ryan Shazier and, and Cam Hayward and, He's had a great rapport with that staff forever and ever and ever. And, um, you know, I, I think for that reason, like, he's got great background on Justin. So, like, I think Pittsburgh would actually be a really interesting fit if they decide to put competition in the room rather than the, like, veteran, like, hey, like, if this doesn't work out, at least we can tread water with this guy. As always, Albert, we appreciate it. Thanks for making the time, sir. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. There he is, Albert Breer. Usually with us every Tuesday at eight thirty, but we want to get him in this week, and here he is. There he is. He gave us good stuff. He thinks, as he put it, "quote the bones of a Justin Fields trade could go down next week when everybody's at the Indianapolis Scouting Combine, where the Waddle and Silby Show will be broadcasting live." Coming up next, we're going to move around the NFL to next. How about that? How about that? We'll do around the NFL. That's coming up next on a Friday morning on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show.